Welcome to The Bee's Knees, a podcast full of articles, interviews, clinical studies, and advice about knee surgery, physical therapy, and life after knee surgery. Hi, this is PJ Ewing, the host of The Bee's Knees podcast. I've decided to take a full episode today to discuss the CPM machine, continuous passive motion. I do this because it oftentimes is a frustrating exercise for me and for many that I know uh, who have to discuss the CPM ad nauseum over and over again because people are still looking to that device as a solution for knee surgery recovery, for bending and for straightening. And it isn't a solution. And I'd like to share uh, the research behind the failure of the CPM and really how it failed to solve knee surgery recovery as it had been intended about 40-plus years ago at this point. First of all, a couple just plain old facts. The CPM, Continuous Passive Motion Machine, does not increase a patient's range of motion. It also doesn't do anything for strength. It does not shorten recovery. It doesn't help, and sometimes it can actually hurt a patient's knee if it's not managed very, very carefully. It's a story of early research and technology that failed. If you're interested in the enormous body of research about the CPM, I'll tell you all about it here. It was the great hope of the late 1970s. Uh, a surgeon, a doctor named Robert Salter and John Saringer, an engineer, commercialized this CPM in 1978. The original idea was to stimulate cartilage production in knees, at which the machine succeeded extremely well in rabbits and other test animals, but not for humans. It turns out that human knee cartilage has no blood supply and consequently cannot grow back. Way back then, in the late 1970s, patients began using the CPM machine to increase knee range of motion. Most research studies before 2005 compare the range of motion of patients who use the CPM to patients who had only bed rest. When that comparison was made, it looked as though the CPM had a tremendous effect. But after 2005, the experiments on the CPM evolved. These studies compared people who used the CPM to those who did not use it, but who are also not confined to their beds. The non-CPM control group could move about and work on their knees and exercise. None of these studies showed that the CPM could increase range of motion better than those who simply moved about. These results were remarkably clear. The CPM did not increase knee range of motion. The CPM lost its allure really in a, about 10 years, in a single decade. Surgeons who took a close look at the research stopped using the device. It did not do what was claimed. Those surgeons who didn't look at the research, though, just continued to go about recommending the CPM for some or all of their patients, and thereby, you know, we see the CPM even today. Moving from a six-week cast to modern recovery was really one of the definitive moments in knee surgery recovery. It used to be that you were immobilized for a long time. And when you are immobilized and you are out of the cast, finally, you know, there's the opportunity to move. And that's where some of the research showed the CPM to be effective. In the early 1970s, most civilian knee surgery patients had their knees in this cast for six weeks. 
and were largely confined to bed. This was changed by the military. In the military, they did not cast the knees. They immediately got patients up and moving. At that point in time, the research showed that some movement was superior to no movement. Dr. Salter reasoned that if some movement was better, continuous movement would be better still, and hence the invention of the CPM. So what does it do, this CPM machine? Basically, the CPM flexed a patient's leg through a prescribed arc. In order to work properly, the patient was to lay absolutely still for up to 20 hours a day. The purpose behind laying still was to preserve the alignment between the patient and the machine. However, simply moving a patient's head disrupted this alignment. And to make matters worse, the machine itself moved on the surface of the bed. Even bolting the machine down did not solve the alignment problem. Because of the alignment problem, patients' legs only experienced 68% of the prescribed arc. And to boot, the CPM was painful for most. And because of the pain and really the lack of results, patients were not very compliant. They didn't do the amount of hours that they were asked to do. Surgeons who kept abreast of the research, as a rule, do not prescribe the CPM, though some will admit that they offer it if a patient asks for it. Let's turn to the research to understand the documentation behind the CPM. I have a number of studies to refer to here. However, I'll be pretty fast about the whole thing. There will be a link to the episode page in the show notes where you can then visit and read the studies if you'd like. The first study, maybe the most important study, is very recent. Recent in research terms, back in 2014, the Cochrane Collaboration did a review. It was a rigorous study, and it really was a compendium of different studies that had been done over the past 20 years, all in the Cochrane database. The conclusion uh, by the Cochrane collaboration on this Cochrane review was that the CPM does not have clinically important effects on active knee flexion, range of motion, pain, function, or quality of life to justify its routine use. In another study by Herbold, Bonestall, and Blackburn, the effectiveness of CPM in an inpatient rehabilitation hospital after total knee replacement was looked at. The results of that study, again, in an inpatient facility, these are usually right after the hospital, where you're there for a week or 10 days or two weeks, and you would use the CPM. Uh, the outcome variables of 61 matched pairs of CPM users and non-CPM users were reported. No statistically significant differences were found in any of the outcomes. So no difference between those who use the CPM and didn't use the CPM in an inpatient facility. The insurance company Cigna did a study. Obviously, they're very interested in the efficacy of the device if they're going to cover it. Uh, and the study was about continuous passive motion following total knee replacement. And it was a randomized trial with follow-up after a year. So that's a pretty good one. That was done in 2006. This is the conclusion. No significant difference was observed between groups at all time intervals for each outcome variable, range of motion, or reported pain. So no difference again, again by Cigna. That was in 2006. In 2013, a nurse named Danielle Tabor 
did a wonderful study that we'll refer to now. It was an empirical study using range of motion and pain scores for each as determinants for continuous passive motion, outcomes following total knee replacement surgery in an adult population. So the author's note of that study was that given the demonstrated lack of relative benefit to the patient and the cost of the CPM, this study supported discontinuing the routine use of the CPM. A study in 2015 looked at the use of a drop and dangle rehabilitation protocol to increase knee flexion, that's bending, following total knee arthroplasty as a comparison with continuous passive motion. So this was a direct comparison with simply dropping your knee, so if you're sitting on a table, dangling that as compared to the CPM for flexion gains from 2015. And in sum, the study protocol drop and drag provided more passive knee flexion than the use of a CPM in the first days after TKA and at discharge. So simply sit, sitting on a table was better than using the CPM, again a study from 2015. A study was completed in the Netherlands uh, about the CPM. It studied the effectiveness of prolonged use of continuous passive motion, CPM, as an adjunct to physiotherapy after total knee arthroplasty. Again, this is a study from the Netherlands. The conclusion from the author, routine use of prolonged CPM in patients with limited range of motion at hospital discharge should be reconsidered since neither long-term effect nor transfer to better functional performance was detected. A Chinese study that was published in the Journal of Orthopedic Surgery in 2002 was a review article about knee flexion after total knee arthroplasty. The summary there included this statement. Assessments before the operation at 6 weeks, 23 weeks, 26 weeks, and 52 weeks postoperatively did not show any difference in the average knee flexion capacity among the three studied groups. Consequently, the author did not support the use of short-term CPM after total knee replacement. That study was completed by Chu, Ng, Tang, and Yao. A study completed by the Orthopedic Clinics of North America in 2017 was published about enhancing recovery after total knee arthroplasty. In conclusion, Although continuous passive motion, CPM, has been thought of as a method to improve range of motion after TKA, it has not been shown to improve range of motion, clinical outcomes, or discharge disposition. The author added, in addition, it results in increased cost and has been associated with more persistent knee swelling. Because of these factors, its use has declined in recent years not an endorsement from that study, and that was in 2017, relatively recently. And finally, a study that was completed in 2015 by the Hospital for Special Surgery, HSS, in New York. Uh, the study was Prospective Randomized Trial of the Efficacy of Continuous Passive Motion Post-Total Knee Arthroplasty, Experience of the Hospital for Special Surgery, and then the result. Length of hospital stay was significantly less for the group who did not receive CPM. The use of CPM had no clinically relevant benefits with respect to assisted range of motion, clinical outcomes, or discharge disposition, 
and was associated with a cost, an additional cost, of $235.50 per TKA. So not only did it not have any impact, it raised the cost of the total knee replacement, and of course a hospital would look at costs very, very closely. The CPM has one function, and that is to increase range of motion. It doesn't attempt to do anything about strength, so there are no studies about strengthening in the CPM machine. I would say personally, from my experience, that there is a general understanding among physical therapists and clinicians and surgeons that motion is good. And if you have a CPM in the hospital setting, there's some value to just moving the knee while you're incapacitated for that brief period of time, usually a day, maybe two, in the hospital. However, beyond that, it's clearly not beneficial clinically, and the demands that the CPM makes on the knee can actually be harmful. It doesn't have an ability to control or sense the knee. It doesn't allow you to moderate the movement easily, and it oftentimes slips off the hip or falls out of alignment, as you've heard earlier, and suddenly you're not using the device properly because of the, the motion. The other thing that a lot of people really do not like about the, the CPM is that you're immobilized on a bed, so you're not upright, it affects your breathing, it's not comfortable, and it sends you into a more of a sedentary state where you could be much more active if you're not using that device. I felt this was important to do, this particular episode of The Bee's Knees, just because I get questions all the time about this device. It shocks me that it's still out there at all and that it is still covered by some insurance policies. I would encourage you to do your homework before anyone puts you on a CPM in a non-hospital setting. It's really not worth the effort. As one side note, from the perspective of the X10 knee recovery system, I will say that in hundreds of situations where we are delivering an X10 machine to solve a knee replacement recovery six weeks, seven weeks post-surgery, we still find the CPM machines on the front porch, in the garage, in the back room, cast aside with a lot of disgust as it did not work, required a tremendous amount of time, and in the end left the patient in trouble well after the total knee replacement or other knee surgery. Speaking from experience, the CPM is ineffective and really has no important role in any post-surgery recovery. One more thing I'd like to share with you. I have an interview with a lady named Darlene who used the CPM. She was asked to use the CPM for nearly all the time she could and she suffered a ripped quadriceps muscle as part of the recovery due to the CPM, believe it or not. Uh, she then was able to recover with the X10 knee machine, and she does a quick description of the CPM versus the X10 in this little clip. So here you go. And when I was in the hospital, they hooked me up to that thing, and I had to be there 24-7. And it's very, very uncomfortable. And you can't roll over. You can't move. You're there. It's not very comfortable. You know, and you know what that's called? It's a CPM. A CPM, I, that's, I know it's, yeah. And I had it when I, my knee was replaced. And when I had the knee replacement, they had it on me 24-7 when I was in the hospital. Came home, I used it a lot until it split. Then they, they told me to quit using it. So they came out and picked it up. You know, I didn't ever use it again. 
you're going to have your right knee done. What if they say we're sending you home with the CPM? No, no, we've already talked. We've already talked. I've already told Dr. Hanlon I want X, the X10 again. And I think he get he listens to what you want. It's like, you know, I want the X10 and I want the people I had before. So, you know. I'm so glad you listened to this. I hope this was useful. Again, I'll encourage you to visit the web page that a lot of this information is based on. You'll see that in the episode notes. Uh, you can look at the studies yourself and make your own decisions. If this helps some people avoid wasting a tremendous amount of time on this device, I'll be happy and glad that we did this. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time. I'm Dr. Justin Trosclair, host of two-time Podcast Awards-nominated A Doctor's Perspective podcast. I interview doctors in and out of my profession about their specialties and the occasional non-doctor special guests. But we also go behind the curtain and see what's working for their marketing, overcoming struggles, practical knowledge, book choices, and relationship advice. Join me on any podcast app on your phone or visit adoctorsperspective.net for the show notes pages and free resources. I want you to have an abundant home life as well as a thriving practice. So come on, take a listen. To learn more, visit x10therapy.com, 1-855-910-5633. Just a reminder, it's a huge help if you subscribe to, rate, and review our podcast. It helps people find us. X10, back to full strength.